The Griffin sat looking at his image all the morning and all the afternoon. The Minor Canon had been afraid to go away and leave him, and had hoped all through the day that he would soon be satisfied with his inspection and fly away home. But by evening the poor young man was utterly exhausted, and felt that he must eat and sleep. He frankly admitted this fact to the Griffin, and asked him if he would not like something to eat. He said this because he felt obliged in politeness to do so. But as soon as he had spoken the words he was seized with dread, lest the monster should demand half a dozen babies, or some tempting repast of that kind. "'Oh, no,' said the Griffin, "'I never eat between the equinoxes. At the vernal and at the autumnal equinox I take a good meal, and that lasts me for half a year. I am extremely regular in my habits, and do not think it healthful to eat at odd times. But if you need food, go and get it, and I will return to the soft grass where I slept last night and take another nap." The next day the Griffin came again to the little square before the church, and remained there until evening, steadfastly regarding the stone Griffin over the door. The minor canon came once or twice to look at him, and the Griffin seemed very glad to see him. But the young clergyman could not stay as he had done before, for he had many duties to perform. Nobody went to the church, but the people came to the minor canon's house and anxiously asked him how long the griffin was going to stay. I do not know, he answered, but I think he will soon be satisfied with regarding his stone likeness, and then he will go away. But the griffin did not go away. Morning after morning he came to the church, but after a time he did not stay there all day. He seemed to have taken a great fancy to the minor canon, and followed him about as he pursued his various avocations. He would wait for him at the side door of the church, for the minor canon held services every day, morning and evening, though nobody came now. If anyone should come, he said to himself, I must be found at my post. When the young man came out, the griffin would accompany him in his visits to the sick and poor, and would often look into the windows of the schoolhouse where the minor canon was teaching his unruly scholars. All the other schools were closed, but the parents of the minor canon's scholars forced them to go to school because they were so bad they could not endure them all day at home, griffin or no griffin. But it must be said they generally behaved very well when that great monster sat up on his tail and looked in at the schoolroom window. When it was perceived that the griffin showed no signs of going away, all the people who were able to do so left the town. The canons and the higher officers of the church had fled away during the first day of the griffin's visit, leaving behind only the minor canon and some of the men who opened the doors and swept the church. All the citizens who could afford it shut up their houses and traveled to distant parts, and only the working people and the poor were left behind. After some days these ventured to go about and attend to their business, for if they did not work they would starve. They were getting a little used to seeing the griffin, and having been told that he did not eat between equinoxes they did not feel so much afraid of him as before. Day by day the griffin became more and more attached to the minor canon. He kept near him a great part of the time, and often spent the night in front of the little house where the young clergyman lived alone. This strange companionship was often burdensome to the minor canon, but, on the other hand, he could not deny that he derived a great deal of benefit and instruction from it. The griffin had lived for hundreds of years, and had seen much, and he told the minor canon many wonderful things. It is like reading an old book, said the young clergyman to himself. 
But how many books would I have had to read before I would have found out what the Griffin has told me about the earth, the air, the water, about minerals and metals and growing things, and all the wonders of the world? Thus the summer went on and drew toward its close, and now the people of the town began to be very much troubled again. It will not be long, they said, before the autumnal equinox is here, and then that monster will want to eat. He will be dreadfully hungry, for he has taken so much exercise since his last meal. He will devour our children. Without doubt he will eat them all. What is to be done? To this question no one could give answer, but all agreed that the griffin must not be allowed to remain until the approaching equinox. After talking over the matter a great deal, a crowd of people went to the minor cannon, at a time when the griffin was not with him. It is all your fault, they said, that the monster is among us. You brought him here, and you ought to see that he goes away. It is only on your account that he stays here at all, for, although he visits his image every day, he is with you the greater part of the time. If you were not here, he would not stay. 